0: Welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual player game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and I am joined today by... For the first time ever, making a completely
1: new debut, never been heard before on the podcast, Alistair.
0: Pronouns. Oh, right, he, him. All right, and we need to, um, basically, we need to do an episode. And we feel like just kind of having a chat on mic about game design and kind of seeing where it leads. Is that a pretty fair summary? We've not exactly come into this with a bulwark of a plan. <laughs> or plan at all. Well, no, I have come into this with something in mind because uh, you were fucking shit posting at me on Twitter oh, calling me God. out with these nerd snipes.
1: Jess, I thought you were joking.
0: Oh, no. I think it'd be really <laughs> no. interesting to try and... Um, Basically just do the easy bit of game design. The bit that everyone all thinks right. is all of game design, which is coming up with the cool ideas.
1: Oh, yeah. The the easy bit, yeah. The, the hard bit is figuring out what the dice do and why they
0: do that. And also, like, physically, you know, making and selling and marketing a product. It's
1: hell. Obviously, obviously. But I've never had to do that.
0: Yeah, that's my job, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a... Um... I was about to say, no, I'm joking. It's a lot of fun, but that's a lie.
1: It's a lot of work. <laughs> a bet. lot of
0: work, but it's worth I it bet. for the fun bit, which we're going to get to do now. We're just going to do some ideation. We're going to, um, yeah, basically do the fun bit of game design and come up with some core mechanics, some core rules, but not bother actually writing it up. Maybe one day in the future, but for now, kind of as a um, a tasting menu version Of our guest game building episodes.
1: I was about to say it's like our guest game episode, but without the guest.
0: And without the need for me to
1: collate and write it up. Yeah, that too. Okay, okay. Jess, what would you say is the most important thing to start with when you say, I'm going to
0: design a game? It's not important where you start. It's just important that you start. If you waste all your time trying to begin perfectly, you're never going to get past beginning.
1: Ooh, that's really good advice.
0: It's better to make mistakes you can fix later than to just make nothing. That's how I live my life. Yeah. Shit, you're right. So many mistakes still need to get around to fixing. (laughs) And that's why I've made
1: so much of nothing.
0: All right, let's let's start start with toast. We'll chase the toast idea as far as it leads us. Uh, Can you remember what the wording of the tweet was?
1: Oh, the wording of the the tweet was something along the lines of You. It was a treat, but it was also a tweet. Uh, it was something along the lines of, you making toast, probably, I can make an RPG out of this. And I think that'd be fun. Yeah. You um... said something about chasing toast, and now I'm thinking about an RPG in which we chase toast.
0: Oh, interesting. I had a different like angle in mind. And also... Um, now, what's your interpretation? I just want to say first that I think the instant that we get bored or hit a wall with the toast idea, we move on to the next game.
1: Yeah, the next, the next weird piece of like weird
0: shit. Some of one of us, (laughs) the next piece of weird shit. One of us says, yes, Uh, let's not get married to this idea. So I was imagining it being more like your, your, you make a piece of toast, you know, to your usual level of doneness and with toppings and whatnot. And that's your character sheet. Oh, so you like actually in real life make a piece of toast. Oh, I am 100% going to insist that this game involves making a physical piece of toast.
1: What if if you're not privileged enough to have a toaster? What if
0: you do not have a toaster? You could say that about anything. What if you don't have time to play Dungeons and Dragons? What if you can't afford dice? What if you don't have a spare deck of tarot cards? No game is ever going to be literally universally accessible until major societal problems that are beyond my job description are dealt with.
1: All right, you heard it here, folks. This game is exclusively for people who own toasters.
0: Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Agents was exclusively for people with access to a random word generator. Dungeons and Dragons is exclusively for people with a hundred pound to spend on Dungeons and Dragons books or the nerve to pirate it. All
1: right. All right. So you make a piece of toast. Uh, I'm guessing, uh, your toppings and doneness is what you said, are, are your, your, is your stat block, basically.
0: Those are the two obvious variables that jump out to me, but I could very well be missing something. Is there, is there a maximum to the doneness that's uh, socially acceptable for the toast? Is
1: it, uh, done enough that it's still edible or done enough that it hasn't caught on fire yet?
0: I was going to say, like, I'm visualizing the mechanical bookends as, Well, if we're taking it to extremes, raw dough and charcoal. (laughs) Okay. That's sort of min-maxing your build a little bit. Yeah. Like how um, in Pathfinder, you can technically go to like, you can get knocked to a zero in a stat. But when you're building your character, you'd normally start with like a minus eight, minus seven at the minimum. No, sorry, a seven Mm -hmm. or an eight at the minimum. No, oh, okay, there we uh, go. I imagine that when you're playing this game, unless you're doing some really weird min-maxy stuff, it'll be on the scale from uh, raw toast or bread as I hear the kids are calling it now, <laughs> all the way up to burnt <laughs> toast, but there is the room to go all the way to dough or to charcoal.
1: Especially if you're making like your own bread from scratch, you could really like get in on the meta level for this game.
0: 100%. Yeah. I mean, are we going to factor in the type of bread if you're using a sourdough bread versus a brioche for your toast for some reason? What about mold levels? You know I don't do
1: mold. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's see. I think type of bread, doneness of toast, uh anywhere from dough to charcoal, and toppings. Uh let's 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 cap
0: it at 3 toppings maybe. Or is there a cap? I wasn't... I'm not sure. I think that's something that we'll find out later. I don't think there's a reason to put a cap on it yet. So it seems like so
1: far we have three distinct stats. Type of bread, doneness of bread, toppings.
0: I would say that Mm -hmm. the factors aren't necessarily equally weighted. Okay. um, Because not only is there a more granular, analog scale on the doneness of your toast, that is also the easiest for anyone to modify. When they're creating their character, followed by toppings, followed by type of bread. So maybe the type of bread should be okay. The yeah, absolute yeah, base I building like block of a character, like the uh, the. Sorry, this is just rattling off my head. The broad strokes um, equivalent of picking like a species in a game, or something.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, which um, which is more important would you say? Toppings or doneness?
0: And then toppings. Essentially, being niche.
1: I think. I think doneness as an important sort of stat um, adds a little bit of randomization to it. Like there's a little bit of chance because you want to say that you're going to know exactly how done your toast is going and to forth, be, but you never really
0: know. I think there's it arguments let, it, for both.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you put the toppings on after the toast is done. Hope, hopefully, you put the toppings on after the toast is done. Hmm.
0: Dunness feels like fine-tuning.
1: Oh, absolutely. I agree.
0: All right, here is my metaphor. I don't want to just do a straight-up like... uh, If your toast is rye, you're a barbarian. That sounds like boring, reductive bullshit. But I think that does make a useful metaphor as a starting point. So, for example, in this instance in this metaphor the way that i'm visualizing it and we don't need to stick to this the type of bread would be your uh if we're putting put in dnd terms your character race your human your elf mm-hmm. your dwarf because it's like mm-hmm. it's not actually that impactful it's mostly flavor uh and it's quite gentle flavor that is overshadowed by the rest of the decisions that you make
1: unless it's like fancy bread that has herbs and stuff in it well, yeah it's a
0: what an elf yeah an elf is a <laughs> fucker cheater
1: Pronouncing that right, I think it's focaccia.
0: Focaccia. Well, I've only ever seen it written down. Uh, then I would say the topping is equivalent of your character class in that it's defining the archetype mechanically and narratively. And whilst obviously there is uh, room to subvert it, to subvert something, it has to be there in the first place. So you're just building it in anyway. Right, And then I would have the doneness be the actual stats of the character. There's things that have, um, they're more nebulous, easier to mm. tweak and is very difficult to attach any real meaning to because it's bullshit. Sorry, I'm coming at this from a really like anti everything D&D does perspective today. And I'd well, say I don't know where it's coming from, but was, it's just bubbling was... out.
1: I was going to say that you're focusing a little too much on D&D.
0: Well, I think it is a useful um, comparison for getting a scale of the impact of the factors. Mm. This is real, like, inside baseball shit, now.
1: Well, okay, here's an important question. Does Are we creating a character with the toast, or is the toast the character?
0: I don't necessarily think we're at the point where we can make that distinction. Because to decide one of those things is to decide a lot about the game itself.
1: Mm. I'm interested. Well, sorry, go ahead. Well, what kind of game do you want it to be?
0: Well, what I was about to say there was... Sorry, that sounded really fucking snarky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was about to say was that I think since we started from character creation, from like a character creation mechanic... Mm. I would personally, if I was doing this myself, just keep on pulling that thread and see what unravels.
1: All right. All right. Let's pull the thread.
0: Because we don't need to check all the boxes today. We don't need to walk away from this in an hour with a finished game. We can let it be a much more natural process. Let it
1: sort of marinate in its own juices.
0: Ah, mm, <laughs> soggy toast.
1: Mmm, <laughs> wet bread. <laughs> Um, okay, so say I have, I have a friend and I'm going to play this game with my friend and we go Mm -hmm. to make our pieces of toast. I make a piece of gently done toast. I don't like my bread to be too crispy, uh, with some butter and that's it. That is my toast. My friend maybe goes all out makes some like really dark toast with some jam and some butter, which I think is a disgusting combination. Don't come for me, but, um, and, and then like maybe burns their toast a little bit. So we have two distinct pieces of toast. What do we do next, Jess?
0: There's the interesting question. What could you do next? I feel like the toast should be physically involved in the game. Is that fair to say?
1: I agree. I, can I tell you what my immediate instinctive response was to my own Please question? Please uh, Whenever I see a piece of toast with bread and or jam on it, I immediately want to drop it on the floor.
0: Oh, I was thinking of throwing it as a wall. That too. Either one. I don't want to make people consume the toast.
1: (laughs) No. Not unless they want to.
0: Not unless it was like a super move.
1: Ooh. There's an idea. Oh, okay, okay. Toast battle. Is this anything?
0: It certainly could be. It's not yet.
1: Toast fight. Toast battle royale. Something along those lines.
0: Toast boxing. Okay, hear me out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hear me out. It's your usual, f- like, high fantasy adventures and taverns. I can hear you
1: trying not to laugh.
0: Hobgoblins. No, no, I'm just exploring the idea and I'm quite excited by it. <laughs> okay. You have your regular, traditional fantasy character sheets. That is a literal character sheet. It's made of paper and everything. Right. You might be like an orc, but you've covered it in jam. Oh no! And as you play, you are gradually eating jam off your character sheet to uncover cool new abilities.
1: You do this with these character
0: sheet. These character sheets are from a website that randomizes and pre-generates them. You have to uh, promise not to look at it as you're jamming it up. Maybe the GM does it. Maybe the GM pre-generates these randomized character sheets, prints them out, covers them in jam, or your topping of choice, depending on what you're playing as. Mm-hmm. The way that you play the game is by consuming, in this example, jam of your character sheet with uh, different toppings giving you different in-game and out-of-game topping clearing abilities.
1: So at this point, we've essentially removed the toast from the equation. Uh,
0: at this point, it's more metaphorical toast. Hmm. Hey, I'm I'm not. I don't think this is a good idea either. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but I mean, if we don't keep on throwing out ideas, we're just going to sit in silence until we decide that something is good enough.
1: I think we have something good here. I I okay. Let's go with your idea for a second. With with the the piece of paper, the character sheet covered in toppings. What if? Someone else covers your character sheet in toppings, and they get to choose the toppings. Provided, you know, it's food.
0: What would they be trying to do with their choice of toppings?
1: Maybe they're actively trying to sabotage your character with the toppings. And you get to actively trying to sabotage theirs.
0: There's a theme in your games that you create (laughs) and games that you run. (laughs) <laughs> that works very well for games that you create and games that you run but which in the wrong hands <laughs> yeah i know you have a big thing of um letting players set the obstacles for each other i like and making... just trusting them not to be dicks
1: <laughs> it's called the monopoly complex
0: yeah that's great for our audience <laughs> and that's great for people who play our games But if I turn up to uh, a fucking, I don't know, a comics convention and run this game, there is going to be at least one person who (laughs) pisses on the bread.
1: Oh, we're back to bread.
0: The metaphorical bread. The The bread is an analogy. An an analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: want to go back to, I want to go back for a second to actual bread, because I still feel like there is something there, there's a good game somewhere in the concept of throwing toast at various surfaces and seeing what happens
0: i don't just want to map it to for example a d20 i don't want t- oh, throwing no. toast to just replace the function of a d20 in terms of you know functionally just giving you a random number
1: no, what about, what about, um, it's it's more along the lines of, like, if you're, who, whose toast stays on the wall the longest, maybe. Do you
0: remember Chromatics? No. Oh, it was one of the games from Storybox, mm-hmm. And basically, you play as wizards, but the abilities you can do are determined by, like, the size, material, and color of your dice.
1: Oh, oh yeah, no, I do remember that. Okay.
0: Uh, the first thing that I thought of when you talked about, you know, throwing the toast, to, the toast to do things, was making that how combat works. Yes. Oh my god! You play as, uh, you play as people who can. I'm going to say wizards. I don't actually mean wizards. When I say wizards in this kind of context, I just mean someone with a suite of discreet abilities. I, if that
1: makes sense, I I have a very broad definition of of the term wizard. I don't necessarily think of a man in a funny hat, but that's like usually what I'm thinking of. But it's it's more of less it's less about magical ability for me and more about vibes.
0: Well, when I say, um, when I refer to like capital A capital W a wizard, mm. when I'm doing game mechanics as like a. Uh, essentially, you know, a cardboard cutout of the eventual player character. Yeah. That could just as easily mean something like um, a fighter and their quote unquote spells are use sword, punch and shoot bow. That's the kind of thing I mean when I say like a wizard. I just mean someone with discreet mechanical abilities.
1: My spells are drink, protein, shake, do push up and
0: cry. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm imagining the different toppings being thrown at a battle mat, like you've got you've got you your toast bandolier, you've chosen your toppings on your different slices, okay, okay. and the way that you interact, with the way you interact with the world is by throwing these pieces of toast at, f- for example, a battle mat, or I don't know.
1: No, no, no. I'm loving this. I'm loving the idea. You make an entire plate of toast, and that is your those are your resources for the game.
0: Yeah, you can eat them to heal. (laughs) It's going to be a fabulous waste of food. And that way as well, you can kind of min-max it. Not min-max it, but, well, come up with a character build. If, for example, certain toppings... If a delicious topping is great for healing, but rubbish for doing damage, you still have the option of throwing it if it comes down to it. Yes, yes. I think that's interesting with everything being multi-purpose until it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Give me another feature of this game.
1: Well, I was thinking that until now, we've essentially just been discussing sort of resolution mechanics and character building. But would we have a particular setting or a particular concept of story attached to this game?
0: Uh, Yes. And we're going to rattle out the entire thing. In about three to five minutes before we take our break and come back to work on a different game.
1: Sounds good to me. Okay, Uh, let's see. Maybe you are in a classic sort of 1950s American roadside diner. Okay. And you are just trying to make it through to the end of the busy shift. Okay. You have a plate of toast, which you can distribute or utilize as needed. Uh, and that is your stats, your abilities, your resources, and also the thing that you are trying to get rid of before the end of the shift.
0: So your three options for using the toast would be essentially feed it to a customer, mm-hmm. throw it at someone yep. as like a weapon, yes. or eat it yourself.
1: Exactly, yes. So eat, it, eat okay. it to like heal some energy, because otherwise you're just going to drop dead before before the shift ends. Uh, throw it at a customer because... Or, or that's a, your
0: social option. That's your
1: social option. That's your only
0: social no, option. No, sorry, feeding it. Feeding it would oh, be the social option. Oh, right, right, option. right.
1: Okay, feeding it to a customer, throwing it at someone as a weapon or in self-defense. Yeah.
0: To cast a magic spell. I would like that to do a magic spell.
1: Okay, it does do a magic spell. What does? What, what are some magic spells that, that might be attached to throwing the toast?
0: Um, I was thinking quite traditional. Like, you know, your strawberry jam is your fireball. Mm. Your, um, your honey... And peanut butter is a, like, overheal. Okay. Um Vegemite is a grenade. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is.
0: See, that's interesting that you took it to the diner. And I think that is the better option for this. What were you going to do? The way I was visualizing, like, throwing the toast and things was I was... I was getting drawn to kind of like a cosmic angle. Jesus. Like, you are caretakers of this new solar system, and you're not very good at direct intervention, but goddamn, you can lob some magic toast and see if it can hit the right planet.
1: Christ. See, Jess, this is why we work so well together, because I'm here to, like, drag you back down to Earth sometimes.
0: That's fair. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I necessarily need it, but at least with this example... <laughs>
1: They're cosmic toast gods. Like,
0: I don't know. There's so many more interesting things when you stop confining yourself to... Uh, the mortal coil. ...reality <laughs> and what is practical.
1: <laughs> I like I like the idea of maybe uh, rather than just like ordinary customers, people who have, you know, just had a long day and are here at the diner for a bite, of, a bite to eat, maybe just a motorcycle gang of extremely bad-tempered dinosaurs pulls up. And you have to either feed them or drive them away with your spells
0: by throwing toast. I think that works. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, In that case, I think that is that toast game complete. We will never return to it and you'll never (laughs) see it in print. (laughs) ever. It's a fucking relief. I'll tell you that. All right. We will be back in. Well, for the listener, we'll be back in but a moment. Yeah. Right. (laughs) welcome back we've had a break I've got a cup of tea tried to stop being so fucking salty about all the RPGs on this show I'm gonna come back with a positive attitude for part two when we make a new game um I haven't thought of how we're gonna do this should I just go to a random noun generator
1: that sounds good to me
0: okay um let's generate three random nouns and that is the title of the game we're making oh god all right uh, no that sounds like a political that's a political slogan it says leadership reaction ambition <laughs> sounds like a poster in a first year politics so class fucking
1: fascist
0: <laughs> it does a bit <laughs> all right shall i reroll? let's do it wife heart employer that's just there your wife is cheating on you with your
1: boss (laughs) let me let let me let me spitball just three nouns right off the top of my head seagull canary fart no um wrapping paper santa checklist
0: Ooh, Ooh. cigarette theory presentation Uh, that's just one it spat out at me
1: okay interesting interesting um i like i like to, to to get rpg ideas out of everyday tasks such as making toast what about like mowing the lawn or eating
0: steak? I don't know. Hang on. Bear with me. I've had an idea. All
1: right. Has anyone done any kind of um, uh, resolution mechanic based on different workout routines? Because that's my new thing lately. I'm, I'm really into working out. It's just sort of at the top of my mind. I'm thinking oh, you want to do this very difficult task in the RPG, how about you do 20 push-ups first?
0: Bear with me, I've had an idea. But it might take me a minute, it'll end up being a shorter episode, because it's going to take a moment. Um, Just give me a big list of games that I've written. We've got Agents, we've got Eat, Trash, and Die, we've got Blackout, you know I'm putting these in an AI. Uh, In the,
1: in the town, in the valley, in the night and the day. Um,
0: Close enough, nearly got you, it.
1: You didn't write this one, but Rats in the Walls
0: yep um, um god i've I, I can't even remember all the ones in fucking Storybox. we've got ramble we've got an ending we've got uh, what are some more famous ones i'll just put dungeons and dragons in there
1: honey heist and
0: pathfinder uh yeah we've got crossroads Terpsichorean. Got, love me not Terpsichorean. we've got uh just one more one more famous one got blades in the dark it is called blades in the dark isn't it
1: are you feeding all of this into a neural network
0: yeah trigger autocomplete oh boy okay uh let's pick some of these games to make all right uh darkest of the streets salty land (laughs) the shadowlands
1: that has to be something already
0: Uh, Yeah, there's World of Warcraft, Shadowlands. Ah. A New Frontier. Okay, I'm generating some more. Yeah, that's so
1: generic. What? I like the Darkest Street. That that one was the strongest. Ooh,
0: here's some better ones. Shirking Fences. All right. Shark Men. (laughs) Witch, Sloth, and Spind. That's a good name. Wicked in the Dark. And I'll get us one more and see if anything else jumps out at me. We've got darkest of the streets the ruins of the forest or the blood gazebo valley (laughs) yes
1: that's the one that's the one blood gazebo blood gazebo blood gazebo
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so um i feel like i need to explain what we just did uh basically we just gave uh, a neural net artificial intelligence that was trained on loads and loads of text on just what loads of text looks like on the internet we gave it a list of rpg titles it spat some out and the one we're going to play with while we have a little bit more time left in the episode is the blood gazebo valley and uh blood gazebo is hyphenated oh i'll just pop that in uh mine and Alistair's little chat here gazebo valley okay tell me about this rpg
1: okay well um
0: also we just found a new format right
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) the blood gazebo valley what if it's just blood gazebo
0: i i feel like the title of the game is going to be the blood gazebo valley like that's the setting
1: okay okay yeah the blood gazebo valley what is a blood gazebo
0: i don't know but it's a predator
1: (laughs) oh yes it's a gazebo that eats
0: people I'm imagining you know uh, when you get a gazebo on like you know four long poles. Uh-huh. I'm imagining that galloping. Jesus Christ. If you want to get married, you have to find hunt and kill a blood gazebo to hold the reception in.
1: Is that is that just like the custom of this land?
0: Yeah, it's like a coming of age <laughs> thing. Is you have to you have to source your own gazebo for your wedding <laughs> by hunting a blood gazebo in the blood gazebo valley.
1: Does the blood gazebo bleed?
0: Um, sure it can, but you're much more likely to. <laughs> my dad
1: has my dad has a new gazebo. I, I got I got up to his house in June, and he said, "Yeah, I have a gazebo." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Where?" Uh, it's like a tent thing on his deck that he can zip and unzip. And I'm imagining that, like, if if you go into the blood gazebo and you zip it up, you won't be able to unzip it until you're fully digested.
0: Oh, if it's like lined on the inside with teeth. Yes, yes, I do like the idea of it galloping. I love that visual. I don't want to give it eyes or like a mouth. No, or no, anything. no, just a galloping gazebo, which
1: is a, a great oh, like
0: substitution it swear sounds word. Like your own. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like a wizard swear. <laughs> galloping gazebo. Galloping gazebos. <laughs> all right, all
1: right, all right. So uh, maybe maybe it only like gallops if it's if it's startled or found out, but like it's sort of. Uh, Default state is kind of like an anglerfish. It's an ambush predator.
0: (laughs) If you're walking underneath the wrong tree, you're fucked.
1: If you if you're like a tourist, if you're a tourist and you come to a place called Blood Gazebo Valley and you're not in the know for some reason, if you stop beneath the wrong gazebo. Like, oh, this looks like a nice oh place God. to rest. <laughs> and then some some local kids have, like, decided to get a little funky and have installed, like, one or two real gazebos in the fields.
0: <laughs> oh, I was imagining them living in a forest. I wasn't sure how it was working, but...
1: <laughs> oh, no, I was I was imagining more like a big savanna grassland sort of valley, maybe with a river winding through it. That's just dotted here and there with motionless gazebos
0: i think you get different kinds of gazebo in different terrains because it's a massive fucking magic valley
1: okay so like in in a savannah grassland you might have more of like a, the the tent on sticks type of gazebo and then in in uh a, a more of a highland setting and maybe like a, a green meadow you get the very fancy sort of uh antebellum south kind of gazebo with like the the, the white picket fence and the, the chipped paint
0: oh my god i love this uh, sorry how long do we have until you need to go
1: um i'm good for at least another 15 minutes probably more like 2025
0: 20, okay good because i'm in love with the blue gazebo valley <laughs> all right shit i've been replaced by a robot <laughs> Well, this is just a perfect example of what we were saying earlier about coming up with the idea being the easy bit. It really
1: is the easy bit. And I've noticed since my voice started dropping, I've started laughing more and more like my dad. So if I just go off into a long wheeze, that's why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that this is a game that gets done... I think the mechanics of this game are a consequence of the world building, which is an excellent excuse to talk more about the world building here.
1: (laughs) Which you really want to do.
0: (laughs) I'm imagining this being extremely low fantasy. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking you hunt these things with spears more than anything. How do you take down a gazebo?
1: I mean, aside from like, you know, I'm doing the tent poles and...
0: (laughs) Very carefully.
1: Do you need to... Like, because if we're getting these for, like, the wedding reception, you need to take it down. You need to kill it without damaging it too much. So you can't, like, set it on fire.
0: Yeah, and I think that also, as kind of, like, a status thing, you're trying to bring down the most dangerous gazebo that you can.
1: Right, yeah, because that's, that will get you the most guests at your wedding reception and the most, sort of, the best dowry for your bride.
0: Yeah, basically, I think it is, like, a status reputation mm-hmm. thing. This is, like, this is your coming-of-age ceremony ceremony. But as a wedding, so hunting the gazebo. Is the win
1: state, are, are are we trying to hunt a specific gazebo? Or like, is the win state determined by the gazebo that you take down? Like the bigger, the fancier, the more dangerous or hungrier gazebo that you manage to hunt, the better your your status at the end of the game.
0: I think you might like hear rumors about a particular gazebo and go out specifically trying to hunt one. Mm-hmm. But if you if the opportunity comes to take a different one, then... You can certainly just go for that instead. Maybe you even find a better one. So are
1: we essentially doing sort of like a a most dangerous game kind of simulation, but with blood gazebos?
0: Um, I'm not entirely familiar with like the most dangerous game outside of that meaning hunting humans. Okay, fair enough.
1: Okay, I was was thinking just like some kind of hunting simulation, except it's gazebos.
0: I cannot stress enough that these gazebos are dangerous predators. Oh,
1: absolutely. And and I'd, I'd go even further. I'd say they aren't necessarily part of the natural ecosystem. They're an invasive species that has capitalized on their environment.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That is to say, with monster hunter logic, it's completely okay to kill them.
0: Maybe they're traditionally... Because they're so dangerous, they're hunted in two parties. Oh. So uh, both of the people getting married, instead of doing like a stag do or a hen party... Uh, the equivalent is leading these parties, and so they're not in like they're not directly on the hunt together. When the groups come together, and when the um, bride and groom will meet before the wedding, it's
1: going result in a lot of tragically cancelled weddings. It is,
0: <laughs> but I like to imagine that there is there is a lot of honor in I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to hunt and get married in the gazebo that killed my grandfather.
1: I'm going to marry my wife in the carcass of this dead animal. <laughs> it's like you, all to, you all unzip the gazebo. Oh, Dad's still in there.
0: <laughs> you came. <So> I'm imagining. <laughs> by the time that it gets to the wedding, I'm imagining it just looking like a gazebo. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't know, like, how fleshy are these gazebos? Are they, like, creatures or are they just animated, animated objects?
0: The way that I would like this to be, and I'm happy to be overruled here, but the way I would personally, like, I'm leaning towards is if it was standing perfectly still and 21st century Jess was inspecting it, I wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't just a regular gazebo unless, like... I don't know. I horribly wounded it, and it started bleeding. Imagining it being actually being canvas and iron. Yeah, I
1: agree. I agree with you. I'm I'm thinking sort of a Monster House situation where if you you get to have you seen the movie Monster House?
0: Um, Is that the one where the kid keeps pissing in jars? No, (laughs) I'm not familiar. Then
1: well, me. no, wait, maybe it is. That, that was a very small part of the movie. I'm not sure that's the thing that you remember, but...
0: <laughs> that's all I remember. But yeah, he was uh, spying on the house with a telescope yeah, and was... he keeps on pissing yeah, okay, in your Yeah, jazz. it
1: is that movie. But like, if you get too close, then like the... the, the oh no, I post... literally
0: only need the piss thing. Yeah,
1: the, the fence posts start like splintering and turning into teeth and it starts coming for you with like the, the, the carpet runner in the hallway turns into a tongue and tries to snap you up. Shit like that.
0: Mm. Um, but I am also imagining this as like... You are just as likely to be ambushed by the gazebo as you are to manage to ambush the oh, gazebo. Oh, like you're
1: crouching in the, in the weeds with like a pair of binoculars watching a promising gazebo and then like behind you slowly coming closer whenever you're not looking. Like you look over your shoulder and it's there and you look back, you look over your shoulder again and it's about 50 feet closer and you haven't seen it move.
0: Oh, I was imagining it being like, you don't know it's there until it properly goes to strike think oh, it's... Was... <laughs> a stealthy gazebo oh you're still on the plains i'm, I'm still in the okay, forest
1: yeah. I'm, I'm thinking on the plains like you you look back it's, it's closer and you're like mm, no i'm sure that's nothing to worry about it's probably one of the few real gazebos on the plains and then like all of a sudden the shadow falls over you and you're in this lovely shade and then you die
0: yeah i'd like it to be extremely quick
1: yeah yeah so so there's there's stealth they're ambush predators
0: <laughs> yeah they're ambush predators <laughs>
1: See, that's why I think a plain setting would work so well, or like so- somewhere with very, very few trees and a lot of hot sun.
0: I'd like that to be an option, but I would still like to have the option of the forest. Okay,
1: okay, we can have you can have your forest gazebo, Jess. Thank
0: you. <laughs> it's just so impractical. <laughs> I love it.
1: How they have to be rarer in the forest because, like, how do you survive as a as a cannibalistic gazebo in a forest?
0: you can just with your big metal legs impale various animals
1: oh god there's there's a scene in the in the new like the 20 2018 2019 the 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 Kong Skull Island movie where they're like going through a bamboo forest and there's like a thunk from behind and they turn around and this guy is just like impaled on this long stick of bamboo is just coming straight up through his mouth and you look up and it's a spider with very long legs and it's just oh i watched that movie for that scene <laughs>
0: Oh my god. I'm going to say two words that, in relation to this idea, are going to change your life because it's just so okay. good. Jungle Book. Oh. I like the idea of a kid being raised amongst the gazebos, and eventually he returns to his human roots, but he retains his bond with the gazebos, <laughs> and is the first person <laughs> to ever successfully uh, tame and ride a gazebo. <laughs>
1: why is he riding it why doesn't
0: he he's riding it into battle to defend his homeland (laughs) imagine that stampeding across the plains.
1: just it's like a gazebo if anything you're not going to ride on top of it you're going to like have a little a little uh bouncy seat that's like strung up underneath it so you can ride in the shade as it gallops along
0: oh i was imagining him like desperately trying to cling to the (laughs) sloped canvas well that's just not that's just it not, was not a graceful image. <laughs> they're gazebos, of course they're not practical, they're defined by their impracticality.
1: <laughs> their main purpose is to cause shade in places where shade would not otherwise be, right?
0: I don't think this is a game, I think this is a novel.
1: <laughs> See that's another part that's another important aspect of like creative game design is realizing when you have accidentally just made a narrative.
0: You do quite often see that in, uh, well, no, not often, but you do sometimes see that, especially when someone in the indie scene puts out their first ever game and it's, you know, a 700 page thing. It's like, are you sure you didn't want to just write a novel? You had to rein
1: me in significantly with rats in the walls.
0: I'm still reining you in. This is true. (laughs) You just don't know it yet.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, okay, then follow-up question, Jess. If you saw the Blood Gazebo Valley on shelves in a bookstore, would you buy it?
0: Would you pick it up off the shelf? Sorry, would I pick it? (laughs) Have you met me? Can you think of a combination of words that could possibly be more me?
1: (laughs) Fair
0: enough. We definitely need to do another one of these with the uh, Transformer. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Wait,
0: with with trans...
1: Oh, with with the neural network. Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's called Talk to Transformer. Okay. Or Write with Transformer.
1: Okay, I'm glad that we are recording this episode because I'm definitely going to want to revisit the Blood Gazebo Valley in some capacity, even
0: if it's just to reminisce. Oh, 100%. This is like... This is one of those ideas that I'm never going to do anything with. But I am definitely going to continue to work on just for the pleasure of working on it. Just, it's, it's like just, developing this world. Just nice to think about. Yeah, it's just one to kind of like sit and kind of meditate on. <laughs> I'm meditating on the Blood Gazebo Valley.
1: <laughs> or maybe maybe you're like, you, you live in like a desert village and there's no natural shade. There's no rocks. It's all completely flat and the, the the your main export is in uh slain blood gazebos that you that I'll you I'll
0: tell you this sorry go ahead i, was... I completely got distracted oh, by no, a no. Bird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you you just go out into this this famous blood gazebo valley and you bring back you know dead gazebos to to send off or to you know use in your own settlement to uh you know create shade where otherwise there would be no shade Mm-hmm. It's like the one thing that you train for from childhood
0: is to slay gazebos. You've made Monster Hunter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I sure have.
0: Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> I,
1: mean... <laughs> I was going to say I've, note... I've made Monster Hunter except worse and you're making gazebos, but the shit oh, you make making... <laughs> so
0: much better. Imagine if they added a gazebo to Monster Hunter. <laughs>
1: honestly i it wouldn't surprise me if one day uh, a monster hunter comes out that allows you to build your own settlement with monster parts
0: oh i'd love that yeah me too i just don't think it'd be very well done
1: no i don't either
0: (laughs) all right on that positive note god i've been a grumpy little shit today yeah Uh, we're gonna wrap up the episode thank you so much for listening and um thank you to let's see (laughs) transformer.huggingface.co for uh generating the blood gazebo valley for us yes
1: thank you It was a gift. I'm going to
0: see if I can throw together something trained on a lot more games. Uh, And we'll do another one of these episodes at some point. I had a lot of fun. Maybe on Patreon. This seems like a really good Patreon special.
1: Yeah, it does. It really does. This is a fun idea.
0: If you do not already follow us on Patreon and you would like to support us and help us keep making the show, because trust me, it's more expensive than you realize or than you probably expect. Uh, you can check out patreon.com slash don't hurt birds all the support is really appreciated it really like, is it really helps out um, yeah if you would like to buy some games I don't normally plug this but I definitely should because it's the point of everything yep. if you would like to buy some games made by don't hurt birds you can go to do not hurt io. if that doesn't work check the description for the correct link and would you like to tell us about the bones you've been carving
1: Oh yeah. Uh wow, it's been a while. Um so it's just occurred to me it's been a long time since I've actually been on MLG. But um so yeah, I, I many of you probably know this. Uh those of you that don't, I write a horror serial uh called The Carving Bones. It uh updates roughly every week um <clears throat> at thecarvingbones.com. And uh if you enjoy haunted houses, uh houses that eat people, strange time loops, uh notes and letters and other types of you know non-linear storytelling um and weird gay relationships go for it go go check it out it's nearing the end of its second act so that's gonna be fun
0: get hype nerds <laughs> get high <laughs> seriously i am so excited for everything to do with the resolution of this act um definitely if you haven't started reading it yet Aww. check out the carvingbones.com if you would like to hear a version of this episode where i've left in a lot of like not necessarily funny shit but just weird energy <laughs> uh, that's on patreon so great all right thanks y'all thanks y'all <laughs> i said y'all yeah you sure Aww. did bye oh, bye